Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of the Professor Travel Domestic Edition. I am your host, the Professor Travel, coming to you from Southern California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where we come as community in order to talk and discuss more. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me at a variety of different social media sites, including but not limited to my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com, on YouTube, on Facebook, and now on TikTok. You can reach me there at theprofessortravel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're a Twitter, -er 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 -er, then you can find me on Twitter at theprofessortr1. And then finally, if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am welcoming a visiting professor, a friend of mine from over at the University of West Virginia, George. Hello, George. How are you doing, sir? Having a great day. How about you, Awesome. Yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. For the benefit of the students who are watching us today, can you give us a little bit about your background, maybe some um, of your educational background, or maybe some places that you've traveled before? Well, um, I graduated from a small school in the northern part of West Virginia uh, by the new West Liberty University. Now it was West Liberty State College back then. I received an English degree with a minor in history. Um, after that, I left the state for a little while. I grew up in West Virginia, left the state, moved to Ohio, worked at uh, uh, another university there, Miami University, for about eight years, just at north of Cincinnati, and then moved back to West Virginia again and uh, was employed at West Virginia University where I also got my master's degree in athletic coaching, which is another passion of mine. Um, worked at a number of different schools within the state now and uh, back home, happy here. Again, I haven't traveled extensively, but um, based on just coaching baseball with a 10 to 12 year old level all the way up through college, I have got to visit a, an abundance of states on the Eastern part of uh, our country. I've been over to the, the West some, but mostly the North, the Mid-Atlantic states, down South, I've been uh, to visit a lot of them. So, you're, so the majority of your travel has been primarily domestic and with the, and with the, the kids that you've done a lot of uh, coaching for. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Our, our when I was growing up, we're to baseball games. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And if the students haven't gotten a little clue by this point, the focus of this specific vlog and podcast is going to be on West Virginia. So let's start by learning a little bit about West Virginia. Can you share with me a little bit about the history? Because I know virtually nothing about West Virginia. Well, West Virginia is one of those states that was born at the time of the Civil War. And many people say that we broke a constitutional law because we seceded from the state of Virginia. I, however, have a different perspective. And I got to listen to the, your Virginia podcast. 
for discussion. And um, I say that West Virginia is the original state because we stayed true to the Union. It was Virginia who wanted to go to the Confederate states. And um, therefore, when the breakup was happening and the fighting was happening, it was happening between our states. What became Virginia, which I say was Virginia and what seceded, Virginia seceded from. Um, and it, it took place right there. So again, that was uh, number one. We were born from the Civil War and came from what was Virginia only. Um, Mason-Dixon line, talking about the history of SC, you know, there are certain things that you know, the North and the South, the Mason-Dixon line, it runs right through West Virginia. So brother fought brother during that Civil War. I mean, family members were uh, very big into this. Uh, some other history that you may know is the Hatfields and McCoys. Again. Yeah. Um, Kentucky and West Virginia and the family battles that uh, raged uh, through those families. And oh, I'm sure you've seen and heard so much about that. Oh, I've heard a lot about it. I just didn't know that it was in your specific area of the woods. Right. Um, and, and again, get, getting back to the Civil War, just to, to talk about that a little bit. Actually, Abraham Lincoln said that we were actually the recognized government of Virginia at that time because hmm. we're part of the... Uh, the union and stayed strong to our commitment. Um, and then w when they were trying to determine a name, there were a number of different names they came up with. West Virginia fits the song perfectly, just so you know. Um, Take Me Home Country Roads, West Virginia. It's, it's, so if they would have had to sing that with Kanawha, which is in our state, that wouldn't have really gone along with the song or Augusta or Allegheny, which again, the mountains are great. Uh, or even Vandalia. So again, I'm really happy to name that we uh, West Virginia didn't go too far as the Western, but um, that's a little bit of our older history. You know, there were some folks that um, contributed to the United States history, for example, though, um, when we talk about the speed of sound. Oh, yeah. Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager. Yeah. He's a West Virginian, um, lived in Charleston, and he was the first person to break that um, barrier. Nice. And um, I don't know if anybody's seen Hidden Figures. Oh, yeah. I, the movie. It's been Talking about traveling to space. Mm, yeah. Catherine Johnson was a graduate of West Virginia. She lived in West Virginia, went to West Virginia State University, nice. or, uh, a undergrad and WVU. So uh, she had a lot to do with space travel. And, you know, West Virginia is very big in that, <laughs> even though people don't realize it. <laughs> Um, when you talk about, again, some uh, of our more recent uh, information, you know, the New River Gorge, which is one of the most scenic places you'll ever want to see. If anybody collected quarters, um, on the back of the West Virginia quarter was the New River Gorge. When it was built, it was the longest single arch steel bridge in the world. Now it's unfortunately number four, so we've fallen down a little bit, but it's still a beautiful site. Um, it saved 40 minutes of travel time. Um, uh, from going from one side of the river to the other. Uh, the National Radio Astronomy is in Green Bank, which is you know, one of the biggest, if not the largest. Um, um, oh, my goodness. You're going to have to help me now. I can't think. Astronomy. The observatory? Yes. It, okay. it, it's huge. It's on wheels. It can move, and it, it helps us uh, to hear things that are going on in space. It's right down in the lower part of our state. Nice. Um, Anybody that has cable, actually, from those dishes, the dish network and everything, you, know, mm -hmm. you have to thank Virginia because we couldn't get that stuff before. So we had to rely on dishes <laughs> to uh, receive anything. Um, 
we, we just celebrated an unfortunate time in West Virginia history just recently, but Marshall University, uh, for example, lost their entire football team in a plane crash uh, coming back in 1970. So, um, and um, I, I, I'm going to talk about this briefly now, but the secret bunker for Congress and the president to stay at in case of a nuclear attack was right here in West Virginia. That's crazy. That's that's amazing, actually. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's crazy. It's just, it's incredible that there's so much history in West Virginia and I've only really barely touched on the on the touch of it you know talk to me a little bit about how because everything i've seen from west virginia is just so picturesque talk to me a little bit about the 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 topography of it all as far as like you know it looks like it's mostly you know like woods and forests and it's just gorgeous right It, it is um a large pot forest. It is. We are the granddaddy of the mountain chain there. So uh, most of our, our topo, topo, most topographical, uh, <laughs> sorry, getting tongue tied there, but yeah, we are mountains. I mean, there, there are very few straight stretches when traveling. So our interstates, we have a number of interstates that pass through West Virginia. There is a, a lot of big bending. So for yeah. example, when I, we travel from Ohio back to West Virginia, Ohio is pretty flat, straight, line you can see for miles and miles. In West Virginia, you have to stay on your toes there when you're driving uh, because you're going uphill, you're going downhill, you're going around bends. It's beautiful. Uh, like you said, the foliage um, at the fall is just uh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, it's a lot uh, untapped. Again, there's so much space here that has not been utilized for business, and I appreciate that. I love the green, uh, the trees, and the mountains. That's awesome. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, you definitely want to come over to the YouTube channel in order to get a look at some of the pictures that are on this PowerPoint because they are just extraordinary. Now, you order um, several uh, states next to you, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, Virginia, obviously, uh, Kentucky, and Ohio. I didn't realize there were so many that were in your area that were right next to you. Uh, is there anyone that you like regularly do business with that's like that's your primary like focus, like import-export between one state and another? Yeah, again, it's... <laughs> It, it, West Virginia is so unique. So, for example, the very northern part of our state is very close to Pittsburgh, within 35, 40 minutes. And also, there's a, a stretch of West Virginia that when you go from Ohio into West Virginia, you're in West Virginia for not even five miles, then you're back over into Pennsylvania. <laughs> So it's it's very small in that northern panhandle. Um, so we, we do work a lot with Pennsylvania, but again, on the eastern part, we're right there at Maryland. So we're right by the D.C. area also um, and uh, Baltimore. And then when you go down south, again, we're, that, that's where it's a lot more rural. Um, so some of the bigger cities you would be looking at outside would be like Richmond, um, Lexington, but those are still a couple of hours away from our borders there. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Talk to me about the weather, because when I think about West Virginia, I always think about the winters in West Virginia. <laughs> so talk to me about the seasons that you guys get. Right. And we do. We we are fortunate. And again, I love this. We do get all four seasons and we get them regularly, um, you know, starting with the winter, because again, in January, we're getting ready to roll into that right now. Because we're close to, again, the northern part of the lake, uh, the, the Great Lakes, we get a lot of lake effect snow. Uh, our way, which it's about two and a half hours. So we will get some major storms roll in from the lake. We will get snowstorms. We usually get maybe one 
big snow a year. And then every four years we may get like a huge snow of maybe 20 to 30 inches at one time, but those are very rare. Um, you know, we roll right into the spring. Spring is beautiful as you can imagine with uh, everything coming back, but um, summertime it's, it's hot, but it's not extremely hot. It, you know, we're looking at 80 degree temperatures. We will reach 90 every so often, but 80s, it's really comfortable. Um, sometimes, like I said, it gets really warm, but the fall is, is the most scenic place you want to be. You know, driving West Virginia in the fall when the leaves are changing, it's unbelievable. Motorcyclists love to come because we have a number of small little two-lane highways that you can go and just see the foliage and uh, spend hours just looking at that. Talk to me a little bit about, do you guys actually have any like major natural disasters that you have to revisit on a, on a yearly basis? Anything like tornadoes or blizzards or hurricanes or anything like that at all? Again, we will see effects or remnants. We're, we're very fortunate. I, I want to knock on as much wood as I can, but because of the mountains, we don't really get to see a number of tornadoes. If tornado would come in here and get blocked in and knocked back around, but we may have a touchdown every so often, you know, earth. Quakes, very rarely. We may have um, some after effects for maybe a little more over in the Virginia or on the East Coast side a little bit, but nothing major. Hurricanes, again, West Virginia is so uniquely located. You know, folks don't know whether to call us a Midwest state, a Northern state, Atlantic, or South, because again, we are, we're part of the North and we all have all four seasons, but you know, they, the folks have that Southern charm. And like I said, we're, we're right in the middle of everywhere. Fantastic. So let's talk about culture. Now, this is one of the slides where I go into it just a ton about West Virginia with you. Um, it seems like the predominant religion there is Christian. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Uh, we also have, um, the House of Bold in Moundsville, West Virginia, which it's a Nuvardavan Krishna place, and it's a very beautiful place, but that is one of the epicenters uh, where uh, Krishnas will go. Okay, fantastic. But, and then, uh, But there's, I'm sure, like a smattering of different religions all over the place. Yes, absolutely. Are there... Absolutely. In- are there individual uh, like large pockets of the Christian of the Christian sect that are like specific? Like, because like, for example, I go over to Pennsylvania, and the Amish are very prominent in 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 Pennsylvania. Are there, are there any large sects that are prominent within West Virginia? Well, again, I think it depends on the the area where you're looking. Again, the Catholic religion is a very large portion of the the diocese in Charleston, Wheeling area. Um, then you know there are a number of Baptists and Protestants churches. Uh, so again, I think it's a mixture of everything. And, and you know, all, all religions, I believe, are practiced here with um, with everyone that, um, that has that freedom. And, and again, I think it's very good and it's very diverse here. So it's awesome. Excellent. So let's move into the arts within West Virginia. And when I think of the arts, I'm thinking about singing, dancing, writing, acting. Um, there's a lot of different people, famous people that come from there. Um, but talk to me about the things that really speak to you in terms of the art of West Virginia. Yeah. Well, again, when I when I think of the arts, I think of a lot of different things. Again, as you talk about um, acting and um, the Actors Guild, and, you know, Barney Fife, you know, uh, Don Knotts is right here where I, I live in Morgantown, West Virginia. So he's from here and they have a nice little statue downtown for him. And um, he, he's very prominent. Again, I see that we have uh, Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company. I'm I'm very familiar with her. Um, my aunt used to be a babysitter. So it's wow. Uh, to 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 see her on this and know that uh, she was a uh, 
I, I one of my favorite shows, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. But they're also, uh, as you see, we have an uh, America's Got Talent winner. Yeah, Len, from, Lendo Eugene Murphy, I think is his yes, name. Came yeah, from a super small town in Logan, West Virginia, uh, way down in the coal fields of West Virginia, and uh, it was great to see him. And he he regularly is around here. And there's a couple other. Brad Paisley um, is from the Northern Panhandle. He's a very popular country music artist. Uh, little Jimmy Dickens and Jennifer Garner. So there are a number of folks who have come from here, but probably you didn't realize it. Um, uh, I think John Corbett from uh, uh, My Big Greek Wedding, or I believe it was. So there, there are a number of folks who have come from there. But I also think when I think of arts, I think about what West Virginia is more known for, which is pottery and glass. Mm. And I don't know if anybody has ever heard of Fiesta Ware, um, but Fiesta Ware is a, it's really a big type of um, – dinnerware and dinner setware and, and it's sold mostly here on, on the east coast but they're very few very amazing you'll see them at a lot of different hotels use them um, but that's uh, the homer lachlan um, brand which is uh, in the northern panhandle glass blowing again we have this great little tour center that folks can visit uh, along the interstate where they will actually still blow glass and let you see because it's still a very popular thing that is done here in West Virginia to make glassware. So, and and again, we do have a theater and symphony. It's not as big. So unfortunately, most of the time we do have to go um, to other areas to to visit the theater and and see symphony. But we we do have a a touring symphony in West Virginia and uh, we do have a West Virginia theater that is, is traveling as well. Okay, fantastic. Now, from what I understand, English is the predominant language of West Virginia. There's no um, like influence from like French, Spanish, or uh, Native American at all. Is that pretty much uh, English is the uh, number one language here spoken in West Virginia? Yes. Okay, and then in terms of one of my favorite subjects, which is diet and food. Um, pepperoni rolls so i have a picture of them right right on the right on the screen here they look amazing um and obviously biscuits and gravy uh i think one of the you were one of the states that was founding it so i mean again like what are the other foods that come to mind when you think of west virginia right and and again and just to get on that pepperoni roll thing that was really founded um it came from italian immigrants Hmm. and it was because the coal mine industry and folks wanted something to eat in the coal mines because once they went down it was hard to come back up wanted something where they could get some uh, food in them that they could take with them that didn't have to be refrigerated, didn't have to be heated up. So again, they just started baking pepperoni in these this bread. And, uh, it is unbelievable. There's actually a, a contest every year, like just like there's the national hot dog eating contest, there's the pepperoni eating contest. Um, so yeah, those that's the big thing. Again, biscuits and gravy. You can't go anywhere in West Virginia without seeing biscuits and gravy. Um, and again, there are so many different recipes. Some uh, <laughs> Some of the squirrel is uh, is a big ingredient to some of the biscuits and gravy that are made here in West Virginia. Mm. It's uh, it's really good. Another thing that West Virginia has a number of hot dog stands or hot dog um, establishments. I, I worked in in Fairmont. Uh, which is about 15 minutes down the road from Morgantown. It's another small community, has a four-year school and a two-year school. But in that little city alone, there were eight hot dog stands. Mm. They're they're all still open. They all still, and they all have uh, this unique sauce. And West Virginia is big for putting um, coleslaw on their hot dogs. Wow. It's like a spicy, almost chili sauce with coleslaw. That sounds amazing, actually. (laughs) 
It is very good. It is very good. <laughs> and then in terms of sports and recreation within your area, um, no, ma- no major um, football teams or baseball teams, you usually have to go out of the state in order to get that. But college appears to be the big sports uh, location throughout your state, right? Right. Our population doesn't really um, lend itself to having a professional team. So our, our colleges, again, our two major universities, West, West Virginia University and Marshall University, those are who our residents pull for, and that's who we follow. Uh, again, we're close enough that we, you know, the northern part of the state follows Pittsburgh because we're so close to Pittsburgh, but the southern part of our state is actually closer to Cincinnati. Um, so a lot of folks, there's a split between the Cincinnati division versus the Pittsburgh for professional teams. We do um, have a number of minor league sports affiliates. So we do have four, five minor league baseball teams. Okay. In the state of West Virginia, one being here in Morgantown. Are they farming? Um, are they kind of like farming leagues? Yeah, they're the farm teams, the single, okay. double, triple A teams. Um, and they're, they're all the late season <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say all. The majority of them are late season teams. So that means that they're the college kids that just got drafted in June and they start playing in July, August, September. Um, So so we do follow that. But again, one thing to talk about when you talk about the state. So West Virginia University, which, again, is where I work and where I have my master's degree from, the football stadium here in town. It holds about 68,000 people on a game day. Now, not this year because of the pandemic. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But in a year, on a Saturday, when a football game is going on in town, our city has about 30,000 students. Mm-hmm. Our school has about 25,000 students. Yes. At that point, when we add that together, we would technically be one of the bigger cities in the state. Our biggest city is right around 55,000. On a game day, our stadium is the biggest city in the state of West Virginia. It holds, as I said, between 65, 70,000 stu- uh, fans, but our, we don't have any city that's that big. <laughs> so they're very passionate. And again, that's what we do. We do back our, our, our state schools and we back those student athletes that play for us. And then, of course, other recreational sports within the area, um, hiking, I can imagine is probably a big whitewater rafting uh, that I'm sure is just amazing and canoeing. Like what other things come to mind for you? Well, again, in the wintertime, because we do have the seasons, we do have a number of ski resorts. Oh, nice. we do have ski resorts and golf courses. Uh, you know, again, there's nothing like playing a lie on a golf course where the ball is at your chest level and you're down below it and you get to take a baseball bat swing. So again, <laughs> courses are very beautiful because they're so scenic. There's so many mountains around it. Again, we're, you're not going to have the, all the flatness that you may see at a normal golf course. But again, we do have a couple of um, professional tours that go through West Virginia down at the Greenbrier. So uh, again, those are the big one but again you're right whitewater rafting folks love to come to west virginia on whitewater raft they love to come and and hike and uh it's it's a it's a beautiful place to go for the kids that might be out there um what type of a like is there an amusement park or anything that's in relative driving distance of west virginia we don't have anything in west virginia but again just north in pittsburgh we have um, Kennywood Park, which is one of the national historic parks um, in Virginia. We're close to a Six Flags um, and the King's Dominion. Again, in Cincinnati, there's a, a King's Island, which is a, a Dominion Park. So within an hour, you can get to one. If you're oh, in the that's North- not bad. 
Yeah, with, yeah, you can get there within an hour, or if you're in the lower part of the state, within two to three hours, you can get to a uh, a park. Okay, perfect. And then before we leave this, um, let's talk about holidays. Now, when I think of holidays, I, I want to know specific to West Virginia. Why is West Virginia got a couple of them that really shine? Okay. Well, again, I listed on here Mother's Day and Father's Day, and that is because even though they are not holidays we get to take the day off for, but they are great recognition holidays, and you get to honor your parents. And Mother's Day, again, I live in Morgantown. There's a small town called Grafton. It's about a 20-minute drive from here. And the church there is the first church that was organized that recognized mothers. So the first Mother's Day was actually founded in West Virginia, Grafton, West Virginia. Yes. Father's Day, likewise, again, in Fairmont, where I was working, there is a church there that is the recognized place for Father's Day recognition. So Mother's Day and Father's Day were both founded based on churches in West Virginia and what they did to honor the parents. Even Grandparents Day, which isn't as recognized as those two, was actually founded about an hour south (laughs) on the way to Charleston. So, again, West Virginia has a big part of family and it, it is one that recognizes family, and, and it's become a national tradition to do that on these holidays. Great. Um, and, and another, it's not a national or a state holiday, but it's a West Virginia day that we recognize, and it's Bridge Day. We talked about the New River Gorge uh, a little bit, and I believe we'll talk about it here shortly, but the New River Gorge actually shuts down. I, I said we, it's, uh, it, it made travel go from 40 minutes going down and around and across the small bridge back up to the mountains to the other side to about a 45-second drive. And because it is so long and so tall, it's over 850 feet high over um, the river below it, they shut it down once a year, right when it finished in late October, they choose the weekend. And if you're qualified, you can base jump from it um, or, oh, you, <laughs> um, or you can bungee jump from it. Or for those that are really good at parallel uh, repelling, you can repel down. So the, the bridge is shut down. You're given a number. Um, it's blocked off for miles and you just get the opportunity to, to jump and take a parachute, jump off of the bridge. They actually have it set up also where you can walk under now with cables and stand above and look at, at the beauty and the scenery of it. Yeah, my fear of heights isn't working well with me on this, so um, I'll leave that to the more adventurous type, so, but thank you. Um, now, alluding to what you said earlier, thanks for sharing that, though. Uh, for alluding to what you said earlier about um, when the stadium gets packed, it's like one of the largest cities. As we can see from the population map on here, most of West Virginia does appear to be rural or uh, sparsely populated for the most part, but there are a couple of little pockets I can see on here, like, if, like right here where I'm circling on the map. What is that location? Okay, let's see. That's over in that's Charleston. That's our state capital. Um, Marshall University is just uh, a little west of that. So okay, that's, that's this one here. Yes, that's Huntington. So Charleston is our state capital. It is uh, the largest area um, in mass of where our population is. Um, but again, the the capital changed in West Virginia. So it originally used to be in the northern part of the state in that very top clip. It was Wheeling, West Virginia, which is circled also, which is one of our bigger cities. Okay. Um, but then it was a barge between that went along the Ohio River, um, which in case people don't know that the Ohio River is actually part of West Virginia because all the islands in it belong to West Virginia. Okay. Um, and then uh, Charleston is where it finally came to be the uh, capital city. And what is this little population center over here on the east side? 
Okay, and that is Martinsburg and Charlestown. So we have a Charleston, in, which is right there, and then Charlestown um, and Martinsburg, which that's right by the Maryland and D.C. metropolis. So a lot of the folks that live there actually commute and live uh, work in the D.C. and Maryland area, Baltimore. Excellent. And now, then when the it was- Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say the dot, if you want to go back just one little sure. bit, um, right where you see that little L part, that's Morgantown, which is, again, the, um, the, the university city here in town where West Virginia University is. So that, those are the big three biggest areas of population. Okay, fantastic. Thank you again for sharing. Uh, now, when I look at employers in the state, obviously, um, University of West Virginia, one of the largest employers within the state directly, uh, the healthcare system, um, CAMC, and the uh, West Virginia Department of Transportation really popped out to me in terms of the number of people that they employ within West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Are there any other um, companies, colleges, healthcare, hospitals, or anything like that that I've left out? Well, again, West Virginia, we do have two hospitals here um, in Morgantown, but again, the West Virginia hospital system, which is spread throughout the um, whole state, is one of the larger ones. Again, the CAM, City Health Hospital. We also have a a company called Milan Pharmaceuticals, which was the largest generic drug maker in the country. Um, So that's based in Morgantown. They do have a large number and have been uh, working with a number of different uh, pharmaceutical companies now. But again, it was founded as just a generic pharmaceutical company, but is now doing branded uh, drugs as well. Excellent. Now, in terms of travel and transportation, how is how is driving in the state? I mean, are you dealing with a lot of major traffic issues or like two-lane highways or how does this work? Well, if you ask a West Virginian, especially someone who lives in one of our big cities, mm-hmm. um, what traffic is like, they would say terrible. But <laughs> from someone who has traveled uh, and been to other areas where there is actually traffic, uh, it's, it's nothing compared to that. Our interstate highways are four lanes, you know, two and two. Uh, so there's rarely any traffic on there if you could talk about traffic. There's never bumper to bumper unless there's an accident, which is, again, luckily very rare. Um, most of our, our, our two-lane highways uh, that we travel back and forth on. Again, the original Route 40, the old national road, which went from the eastern part of the country all the way over to the Midwest, uh, passed through Wheeling. So um, that was the uh, founding part of the, the interstate systems. Again, we, ha- we do have I-70, 77, 79, 64, 68, 81, all passed through West Virginia at some point. Some very small parts of the state because of where it's located. But again, the... the the traffic is nothing. Travel is, again, depending upon your like, very hilly, very mountainous, very curvy, but very safe and, and good. Uh, what is the Virginia Hyperloop Agreement? The, okay, this is something, again, this is a new history that just happened within the last few weeks. Okay. Virgin Hyperloop is that um, train system that can get traveling up to 600 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, they're saying that it can take travel from Pittsburgh to Chicago 40 minutes, 60 minutes, which is basically just like air travel. Yeah. Uh, and from New York to um, D.C. in less than 30 minutes. So they've been trying to find places for testing. Well, this is where they're going to test, in West Virginia. And part of it is because of the um, the combination of West Virginia University and uh, Marshall University and our engineering programs and uh, trying to work with them. So they've purchased some land, so they're going to start this hyperloop. And it's actually vacuum tunnels of like a 
tram being forced through that at very high rates of speed. So that's coming soon. Very cool stuff. And then you also have listed on here Chuck Yeager and Katherine Johnson. Yeah, Chuck Yeager. Again, I just wanted to point out the the, the transport to how how they have affected travel. Again, going at the speed of sound, and of course, are traveling to outer space. So those Excellent. are two West Virginians that helped with uh, how we travel. I thought. Excellent. Now, in terms of international airports if you need to do an international airport there's not necessarily one directly in west virginia you have to go to pittsburgh or you have to go to dulles reagan bwi in maryland um but they do have a regional airport out of charleston is that correct right actually it's the chuck yeager um airport and uh, we also have two smaller airports that folks uh, can fly out of in clarksburg and in morgantown it's just that they are you start out with little jumper planes and then they, they would take you to the larger areas to the regional. So, uh, but yeah, we do have to travel, but again, it's not too far. Excellent. So let's just really quickly touch on government within the state of West Virginia. Um, reliably read, it seems, uh, you know, as far as federal goes, I assume for state and local, it's pretty much the same, except for maybe Charleston, because of the high population center, it might lean a little bit more blue than red. Am I right on that, or is that incorrect? It's well, you're, you're right, and it, it's strange. Okay, um, we, you know, in West Virginia for a while there, they only voted blue, and then they switched to red. So uh, I think in this last election, for example, it was a seventy to thirty um, Republican, Democrat in the presidential. However, our governor, who is a Republican now. When he was elected in his first term, he was a Democrat, <laughs> and he switched to uh, the Republican Party while in office. So it was very strange because the um, governor before that was um, who was now Senator Manchin, who was uh, yeah, and he is a Democrat. So well, again, it's it's strange in that again the the state is a very blue collar state, so lots of unions um, with the coal mine and steel industry that we've had. So again, it's it's one that was related to the Democratic Party, and again voted that way for a number of years. But again, it's it's a very as you know religious state, very conservative state. So again, the last couple of elections, it's been geared towards the red uh, state. Excellent. And then in terms of natural resources. I think it's pretty universally known that coal is like one of the driving forces behind West Virginia. It's been that way for since its founding, I think, for the most part. <laughs> and then uh, natural gas is another one. You also put on your steel mills uh, are a real uh, uh, center point for the state as well. Um, I assume that's up towards the north, closer to the Pittsburgh area. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So, again, in West Virginia, coal, we are the largest exporter in the U.S. of coal. Um, we supply the most coal. Um, and because of that coal, it's really good for making steel. So, again, from the, the Ohio River, uh, which starts in Pittsburgh, if you went up through Pittsburgh, which, of course, you know, is a steel town, and then down back as it winds back through lower and through West Virginia along Ohio, you would find a steel mill on either side of the road uh, of the river every 10 miles. So the town that I was, I lived in, grew up in was a coal town. It was uh, Windsor power owned it. We had a little, the company store, even when I grew up back then, where you would get your uh, groceries based on how well you worked during that week. And, uh, my 
so my grandfather was a coal miner. My dad was a steel mill worker. So, um, and right at the bottom of the, where the coal was coming out, they basically took it right over to the steel mill and uh, used that for firing. So uh, the, the steel industry isn't as big as it was, unfortunately. Uh, we've lost a lot of uh, jobs and, and, and population-wise because of that, but there's still steel mills scattered in and about. Would you say the same of the coal industry as well? Is it as robust as it used to be, or is it diminishing right now? Yeah. It, it's diminishing some, uh, again, because, but now we have a lot of um, fracking in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the the gas companies are coming in, but again, there's still coal is still a uh, very big industry here in West Virginia. There's there are still folks who choose to go to the coal mines and work as opposed to go to further their education because again, the coal industry you can make a lot of money in that very quickly. Would you say the people that work in the coal industry for the most part tend to be like legacy where it's like, well, my father did it and my grandfather did it and so forth and so on. That is, yeah, that is a very big contributing factor to that is because the family knows that and the family knows that you can make the money and then you can earn and, and protect and um, provide for your family. And I think that's actually a really good point because I think, um, for those who might be um, like in favor of talking about natural resources or even renewable resources, they don't necessarily understand maybe as much the economic impact or the, the family impact that this might have. And it's really important, I think, for us all to have a conversation about that and, and better understand, you know, how we can, you know, how that conversation can go in order to be able to uh, understand first off changing an entire person's family dynamics and what they've known for generations and ultimately what what's going to be good for the environment moving forward in the future so i think that's i think that's a conversation worth having and i think it's something that we have to continue to look forward to as we as we move forward as a country you know exactly i totally agree so uh let's talk about education i was really quite stunned actually <laughs> i'm gonna be honest by the number of really higher education locations within west virginia obviously university of west virginia uh, west virginia state university and uh charleston um university of charleston that is uh, uh bethany college and marshall uh you know I, I i didn't even think of all the larger higher education institutions because for me uh, I made a judgment about West Virginia being that it was so rural and that it's so lush and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, foresty that there aren't a lot of really major uh, institutions of higher education. That was my fault for doing that. Um, but can you tell us a little about the higher education system within West Virginia? Right. And, and again, I, I've worked at uh, four of them actually in the state now. So, Again, I, I, I worked at West Liberty, which I listed on here. It's actually older than the state itself. It was actually founded as part of Virginia. So it was the northernmost college in the state of Virginia at the time. Um, but again, we have a large number of liberal arts universities, both private and state, um, but there's very small settings. For example, Bethany College that you have listed there, that's um, very near my hometown. And Bethany and West Liberty are five miles apart. Bethany is a very small Christian school, anywhere between four to 800 students maybe a year. West Liberty, it's a state school. It operates, uh, again, on that regional premise. So we, we get a lot of folks from Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia that attend West Liberty, but most of them commute. So you're looking at about 
anywhere between 1,500 to maybe 2,000 students max a year is, what, is how many students go there. And then again, as you go down the, um, the state, West Virginia University, um, which is our biggest school in the state, which has about, when you look at all of our campuses, because we have a campus in Morgantown, one in Kaiser, West Virginia, which is a community and technical college, and then one in Beckley, which is a four-year institution as well, uh, very highly uh, engineering-related school. Uh, we have about 30,000 to go to that school. Marshall is our other huge university. Um, and, and again, that is about 15,000 students to go there. But all those other schools will have anywhere between 800 to 1,200, um, maybe upwards of 3,000 students. So again, they're, they're very much smaller scale uh, university systems, nothing very big. But again, it gives students an opportunity to go and experience small town school if that's what they want. And again, the good news is they're regionally located throughout the state where students have easy access to commute from home if they want to do that. Excellent. Now, one of the things I also noticed here was the literacy rate was maybe not as high as we want it to be. But then again, part of that could be like, as we were saying earlier, um, you know, if you have a family that has primarily just for generations gone into one industry, whether it's the steel industry or the coal industry, that's been the focus of training that person and, and making sure they have the skills in order to raise a family and do we have everything with that, um, as well as the rural nature of the state. Um, maybe those are contributing factors to the literacy level not being as high as we would like, but still 86% is nothing to seize at when you look at the world world over. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And it's been on the increase too, which is good. It's, it's, it's gone up over the last 10 years. So that is a positive uh, into what is being done at the high school level to, to prepare students. So that's good. Excellent. And then, of course, um, safety and security. To the best of my knowledge, there's not really been any foreign or domestic terrorism threats um, that have sparred from West Virginia, um, at least not within the last 200 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the crime rate, it's relatively low crime, although there is, there were in the past, I, I want to say there had been um, some, uh, what do you call it, like narcotic issues or some yeah. Yeah, abusive yes. drugs? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, oxycodone and the uh, um, pushing of drugs. But again, it was actually doctors who were trying to push that through the state yeah. of West and, and there was some uh, discussion with that. I know President Barack Obama came in to talk. Uh, there was a book written about the, uh, the painkillers that were being utilized here and pushed through the state of West Virginia. And um, luckily, those folks were prosecuted, and, and it's gotten better. But again, unfortunately, it's still prevalent. Um, not where well, we want to be. Well, well, let's end on a high note then, really quick. Okay, I want to I, I want to take it from that level, and I was like, okay, so. Let's do a, and I didn't prep you for this, so forgive me for this, but let's do a quick one-minute elevator speech. If okay. I have a free plane ticket to West Virginia, and I'm like, okay, I want to just go there and experience West Virginia, sell me on it. Why would I want to go to West Virginia? Well, again, one thing is the, the, the folks of West Virginia. That's the number one thing, I think, is that's our number one resource are the people that live here. Again, I, I told you we don't have an identity in West Virginia. People consider us a southern state, a midwestern state. Uh, we're from the northeast. You're a mid-Atlantic. We, we don't have any specific region where we're talked about because, again, the folks that live here are our own folks. We are our own people, and we are kind to everyone. That's the one thing you'll see is people who break down or have trouble on the highway, you will see people from West Virginia stop to help them. You won't see that in a lot of other places. It's like, roll up your windows and just keep going. But the folks here in the small 
small town will will treat you like your family, even though they don't know you. So um, you, you want to come here just to, to meet the people. And again, the scenery here, 80% of our, our uh, land is covered with forestry <laughs> and uh, if you want to make a specific time to come, come in the fall and just take a drive. You know, stay at one of those mountain resorts that we have and just drive through um, our, our highways and look at what's happening. There is so much beauty and natural resources here you know if, if you want to come in the summertime and you want to take some adventure go hiking when you come to west virginia and uh, do, i won't do the whitewater rafting because i never learned how to swim i'm oh. one of those guys that i'm i i, I told my spouse i'll, I'll coach the uh, land you coach the air and sea because i'm a I'm like you i'm afraid of heights and don't like to swim but i'll <laughs> hike it into a ballpark at any time but uh again it, it, it's a great place and again, we're so close to so many different things. You know, we, we do touch five different states. We are so close to Pittsburgh. We're so close to Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. We're so close to Richmond, which for anybody that's watching this and says, oh, West Virginia, I have family that live in Richmond. Richmond is in Virginia. West Virginia is its own state. Um, we have so many folks that forget that. But uh, again, it's a it's a wonderful place to visit. It's got a beautiful landscape um, and, and it's got some really, really old past that folks don't realize because, again, we are one of the newer we are the 35th state, but we are, we're actually there at the beginning. Uh, we were part of Virginia at that point. So, again, it's got some major history. The first land battle was fought in Philippi, West Virginia. Um, so it's just down the road from here, too. And, uh, again, it's just a beautiful place. I, I'm glad I moved back. I love my time in Ohio, and I love traveling to other states, but I really like living here in West Virginia. Well, George, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain to us a little bit about West Virginia. I know I learned a lot, so I thank you so much for taking the time to share this with myself and my students. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for my students that are out there, if you have any questions, comments, anything that you'd like to express to me, please feel free to send me an email at scott@theprofessortravel.com. If you're on YouTube right now and you want to be notified when new videos go up, click that little bell icon right above us in order to be notified. If you haven't already done so, please feel free to subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it actually helps out the channel. So thank you so much for that in advance. And then if you like this content and you'd like to see more of it, give us a thumbs up. And then finally, if you're listening to us on the podcast, please feel free to give us a rating and a review. We always appreciate the feedback. But until next time, I am Scott. This is The Professor Travel, and make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.